You're listening to Gear Up Season 2, where we bring you the Duke Career Center's own career advisors to talk about a variety of summer internship experiences. My name's Stephanie, and today we're talking to Meredith, who specializes in business at the Career Center. Sure. Hi, I'm Meredith McCook. I'm one of the undergraduate counselors within the Career Center. Um, I work specifically with all undergraduate students, no matter of industry interest or major or anything like that. But I also serve more of a specialty area within business. So business overall, finance, consulting, and marketing more specifically. But what that really means is that I'm in touch with a lot of employers in that range, as well as student clubs and organizations, but still cross-training for all industries and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess kind of focusing on business for the most, but definitely feel free to bring in some you know, other tips or experiences that you have. How early do you usually start advising students to start looking for summer opportunities for the upcoming summer? So really, it depends on the industry that you're looking at to a certain degree, and sometimes even more specifically, the company that you're looking at. So if we're talking business at large and kind of marketing as well, you're really looking at potentially for the full year of depending on when a company is hiring. So there will be some maybe companies that are more well-known, larger companies hiring a couple hundred to thousands of summer interns that may recruit earlier because that process takes a little bit longer and they need the time. Um, They need to go to those career fairs, things like that, because they have a lot of roles to fill. So you might see some of them early in the year in the fall while then also you're going to see a lot of companies hiring in the spring, but they may have a few fewer openings. So maybe it is a small local company that has the room for two interns total or one that has maybe 20. At that point, they're not necessarily going to do the national recruiting that a really large company would do, but they're still amazing opportunities. It's just the recruitment looks different. So for my students who are looking at business overall, so business operations, kind of corporate finance, marketing, advertising, different things like that, really it can run the range of the year. So having a strategy and knowing how you're wanting to go about it, who you kind of want to work with is really helpful in that point. Um, or just even being open to discovering who you want to work with throughout that process. Whereas with consulting students, um, those interested primarily in consulting, much of the recruitment is going to be in the fall. There are a few boutique firms that will still hire in the spring, but the majority of recruitment is going to be around like late early (laughs) to mid (laughs) um, in the fall for that internship recruiting process. Again, for these companies that are hiring in what I would call a cohort model, they're bringing on a lot of interns at the exact same time nationally. Um, Whereas those that are a little bit smaller, don't have as many openings, you might see a little bit later in the fall to also in the spring semester. And then for finance, um, it's much more year specific. So with the other industries, I wouldn't really put it into a year category, but for finance, we're really seeing our sophomore year, spring semester and summer before junior year is the primary recruiting for internships. That is for the junior summer internship. And so within finance, that junior summer internship, and when I say finance, let me clarify that. I mean much more specifically investment banking and trails and 
sales and trading. And um, those two divisions are the ones that do this very, very, very early recruitment process. There are so many other divisions within finance. And I really encourage students to understand what those are and to investigate them because they might be a better fit for them. Um, but for investment banking, sales and trading, we're seeing sophomore spring, summer before junior year is the recruiting for the junior internship. So getting ahead of that quickly, um, and we support that. And what does that look like and how to work your way through it? Whereas there's a little bit of summer internships for after sophomore year within investment banking, sales and trading, but typically within diversity type of initiatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that is a lot. And it is a lot to understand if you don't know anything about those processes. So for students who are interested in like figuring out how that pipeline works, especially for something like finance or consulting, where it is such a structured process, where do you usually point students to, you know, talk to someone or resources to figure out if they're interested in pursuing that Kind of like, what's the best way for students to gain an understanding of how that process is going to work and if they're interested in even working at those places? Sure. So first and foremost, start with us. Start with the Career Center. And that's actually one of the reasons why the undergraduate team really focus on engaging our first-year students to kind of get ahead and work with our students to feel empowered in this process. Because just as you said, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. There is so much information, but that's our job. Our job is to get this information and to help you navigate through it and to help you learn where to find this information along the way. Um, And then put it together so that you're not so overwhelmed and you feel like you have a strategy. So really starting with us and even coming to see us and saying, I know that I want to do something in business, but I'm not sure what that looks like. We'll talk to you about your skills and interests and maybe make some suggestions of things to research. And we're hoping that in that research, you're going to find what you're passionate about or also really important, what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's just as equally important to this process because typically your list of what you don't want to do is going to be much larger than what you do want to do. So figuring that out is really helpful. So working with our first and second year students to consider what this looks like and how to engage in investigating these industries while on campus through clubs and organizations and extracurricular activities, as well as then when you're off campus through like an internship um, or even like an entrepreneurial startup or something like that. I have a lot of students that I work with who have their own organizations. And so how are they developing those skills that way too? So really working through that process, but then also, as I said, kind of thinking about who you think you want to work with, who's in this space. And so investigating those types of things to create what I would call a target employer list of just starting to know who's out there. So asking upperclassmen, asking people who are in your network, that you let them know that you're interested in doing investment banking, sales and trading, consulting, marketing, advertising, brand work, um, people operations, partnerships, anything like that, and see who they talk about. It's impossible to know every company who's out there. So using those resources around you is helpful as a starting point, but then you're the one who has to really navigate and say, this is sounding cool. This is sounding awful. This is sounding eh, so-so. It's going to stay on my list for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely very important. So let's say a student decides to kind of like toss their hat into one of these rings and pursue consulting, internship and consulting or marketing or whatever. 
when they're preparing for that interview process or preparing to kind of, you know, pursue that more, what do you recommend is like the best ways to prepare for that? And like certain qualities or skills that they should be trying to showcase for each of these different areas that we're talking about. Sure. So let's break those down a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start with marketing. So with marketing and business at large, we really work with students to anticipate and be prepared for what is called a behavioral-based interview. So behavioral-based interviews are really looking at asking you questions about your past behaviors, activities, things that all that type of stuff, things that you've done in order to anticipate how you would behave in the future in a similar type of opportunity, situation, whatever it might be. So it's thinking through, this is the good part, all the things that you know about yourself, (laughs) but trying to find a way to put it all together in a nice cohesive way for your interview. So within kind of business at large and marketing, we're really looking at that, but then also teaching students how to structure those responses, utilizing what is called the STAR method. Um, And for students who want to know more about that, come talk to us about it. Look on our website, on the interviewing guide, things like that. Um, But then also being really thoughtful to what is the role and what are the characteristics and traits that are being asked for in the job description and thinking about how you're going to tailor your stories and situations you want to talk about to those particular skills. That's really where the, you kind of pack a punch with the interview and also honestly with your cover letter and resume too. really think about your audience. What are they looking for? And speak to that. Um, be able to kind of transition your stories to highlight the skills that are appropriate to what you're applying to the most. Within consulting and finance, now those run a little bit differently. Still anticipate that that first interview is going to be a behavioral-based interview. We're still going to see that across the vein because a lot of that's also them getting to know you, seeing how you are as a person, how you interact, because those roles require a lot of long hours with the same people. So they also just want to know, can we work with you? Um, How do you relate with others? Stuff like that. But then also for consulting... Students need to prepare for what's called a case interview. And so utilizing different um, resources, whether that is Case in Point, which is a book that we recommend to students, as well as there are YouTube channels dedicated to this, like by Victor Chang and other um, other past consultants that have made a living now out of creating business, preparing students to go into consulting, as well as so many of our clubs on campus, Consulting Club, Business-Oriented Women, um, the... Duke Business Society, there's so many that support students in preparing through this process, hosting open events or having opportunities for them to learn it or mentor as well. So learning how to do a consulting case interview is really important. But for students, one of the biggest things that I say is they need to practice with other students. They need to practice with a person. Now, some of the firms, once they've signed up or been um, kind of a brought into the interview process and have scheduled something, they might buddy them up with a current consultant um, to do some practice, to get some techniques, stuff like that before the official interview, which is fantastic. But otherwise seeking out those kind of services. Then within investment banking, sales and trading, same thing. There's a technical case interview. Um, and so preparing for that process, same thing. So many of our clubs and organizations on campus provide support in that process, as well as the Duke Financial Economic Center has um, a sophomore senior mentorship program, as well as a casing prep program. So utilizing those resources too. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of great resources. I feel like, especially for these areas. Um, so let's say student gets the job, is very excited, is now entering the summer internship experience. I think for a lot of students, it can be hard to transition sort of from the student schedule to working Monday through Friday um, throughout the entire week all day. So what advice you kind of give to students going into this area is about what to expect out of the internship, how to transition to just a different lifestyle, how to like best prepare themselves and their expectations for what it's actually going to be like. Sure. So I think on the front end of that, that's work that I want to see a student do before they ever apply. In far as far as doing some informational interviews with people who actively do those roles, make sure that the day in and day out is something that actually sounds appealing to you or something that you just you want to try, right? But if it's not sounding good, is that actually something you want to do? Why is it not sounding good? Kind of reflect on those components of what's going on so that the next conversation you have, you can ask more specific questions or align the person you're asking a little bit closer to what you're looking at. So really doing that pre-work, I think is really important to know what should you anticipate getting into. Speaking with young alums in the industry is a great way to do that of how do they make that transition? What advice do they have from being interns and kind of things like that? So really looking in that way, as well as then being intentional and setting goals for your internship. So based off of what you know about the opportunity, of how you were hired, what they discussed with you, expectations that you've already been told, set some goals of what skills you want to develop, what things you want to be exposed to, what things you want to learn. And then one of my biggest pieces of advice is take that and go to your supervisor, have a conversation with them. If they are not already asking you to do that, do it yourself, take that initiative, have a conversation and make sure that those goals are obtainable. And that if they aren't, that you adjust them together and what that looks like. But really then doing a check-in about midsummer, if it's a summer internship, to say, am I reaching these goals? Am I on track for this? And if you're not, again, go back to your supervisor and say, hey, there are a couple of goals here that I'm not really getting any, any contact with. Is there a way we could embed that a little bit more into the rest of my opportunity? So really taking charge of this and not relying solely on the company to do it I think is a really great thing for our students to consider. It feels like in a role like this, you're not in control of almost anything, but yet there's a lot that you can have control of and initiative that you can take that will also be recognized and usually very well received um, as long as you're not really pushy about it. And you understand if those goals are unattainable, how are you going to rework that? What does that look like? And how can you find common ground with your employer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a really good transition to our next question, which is, you know, thinking about when you are in the midst of the internship and maybe it's not going exactly as you expected. And I think for a lot of students that can be on two ends of the spectrum where maybe they don't feel like they have enough work or they are working 60 hours a week and are exhausted. But either way, they're not feeling super happy with the situation. And like you said, it can be really intimidating to bring that up sometimes, uh, so what advice do you kind of give to students in that situation? And have you ever have you had students talk about being in that situation? Sure. So one of the first things that I want to say is that I want students to recognize that during your internship, you still have access to the career center. So calling us and saying, telling us what's going on and just saying, you know, I'm overwhelmed or I'm feeling underutilized. Let's talk through it. 
have a conversation with us. We are quote unquote, what you would call safe people to have that conversation with and kind of finesse what you would want to say to a supervisor before approaching them if you don't feel comfortable doing so. So first, I want to make sure that students know that we are here to support that conversation. And I've done that many, many times. And we love to have those opportunities to check in. We'd rather have a student do that and have that conversation with us than come to us in the fall and say, that was really a waste of my time because there's so much that we could have done during the summer instead to try to make it more beneficial for the student. Um, So coaching the student on how to do that and such, absolutely. At the same time, I think it's important for the student to step back and reflect. What's going on? What changed? Did anything change? Did something change with the company? Did the student's expectations change? Um, Did they find that they actually loved a different division within the company so they're not as motivated in the work that they're doing there? So I think there's a moment where first the student has to step back and say, "What's, what's working? What's not working? Why isn't it working? Are those things editable? Can they be changed? And for like investment banking, sales and trading, working over 40 hours a week is super common. So that's not something that can change, but it might be the question of how can I add more balance into my day? How can I kind of make this work a little bit more for myself, my self-care, all of those different components. But again, absolutely approaching the supervisor to see what's possible in that range and having a conversation with them. Um, They really want you to succeed. So have that conversation and, and give them the opportunity to help you in that. At the same time, let's say, worst case scenario, there's nothing else that can be done. The the thing that I tell students, especially when they're feeling underutilized, is to also consider what are the other things that you can gain from this opportunity that have absolutely nothing to do with the role that you were hired to do. So are there people within the organization that you really want to network with and build strong connections with or another division you want to learn about? Grab lunch with somebody, grab coffee with somebody, learn and be a sponge in that organization to gain knowledge, to gain exposure, to gain understanding rather than just the literal doing. What else can you learn from the environment that you're within and how can you take charge of your own circumstances? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, and I think that does kind of wrap up where we're heading with this, which is when the internship is over, what are the best ways to showcase what you did and also to continue the connections that you made at the organization or the company that you were at? So, you know, when it's next summer, even when you graduate and are looking for a job, you can really use that experience for all that's worth. Absolutely. So to kind of keep the content and the impact of that, I would say immediately update your resume. Just while all the content is fresh in your mind, get it down on paper so that you're not having to do it months later. And you're like, what did I do in that moment? I can't remember. So get it, get it written down, kind of work on adding that to your, to your resume, to your LinkedIn profile, all those different things. If you were doing project work that you would want to showcase on a portfolio that you have, add it to your portfolio, get those things just done. Because by the time the school year starts again, everything starts to take off. And so that's going to take a backseat. So try to do that while you're in your internship or right after it ends. Um, In regards to staying connected, I think that it's a great idea to connect with those that you've been in contact with through LinkedIn. 
I say that because a lot of professionals are on LinkedIn, but also for the fact that should they ever leave the company and you want to stay in contact with them, you will still have a way to contact them because their email address that you had, if it was company specific, won't be valid, but their LinkedIn still will. So keeping those connections long after, no matter where anybody goes. Um, At the same time, I think that it's about being a thoughtful uh, connector, being a thoughtful contact to that person too. So keeping an eye on the company, sending quick notes of this is really cool. I just saw that this launched, stuff like that. Or if you see things about the company in the news and just sending a quick note that way, saying hi, wishing them well. This is really easy, especially around holidays or if it's a Duke alum, sending them a little note before homecoming. See if they're coming to campus and you want to connect and grab coffee or offer to show them around to a spot they haven't been in a while. Things like that. So being thoughtful about the moments that you connect rather than just in your mind saying, I need to stay connected. So I need to send them a message. And then the message feels very inauthentic. So why would you want to receive a message from somebody that you know to a certain degree, stuff like that? But also I would say past supervisors, if you have a good relationship with them, they want to see your successes. They want to know how they've impacted you and how you've transitioned what you learned from the internship to what you're doing now. So if there's a project that you are working on or you are able to graphically design this thing for your club because you learned it over the summer, celebrate that, share it with them, all those types of things. So just being thoughtful about how you connect is probably my biggest piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And those are all our questions. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure. 